1: Everything is personal right here. Everything is personal right here. Let me end the NA guaranteed when you press and play.
2: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to another episode of Everything is Personal. I, I don't even know how to... Uh, Kind of hold back my excitement because I have a I have a special guest with me who uh, and you guys know my passion uh, about music in general. But we'll, we'll talk about music and cannabis as we usually do and other things. Uh, but I want to introduce my guest uh, Andreas Dre Neumann, who is the chief creative director of uh, Jushi Holdings. So welcome to the show. Did I, did I say everything correctly, first of all? <laughs> you said
3: it perfectly. Thank you, Len, for having me. I'm super excited to be here. All right. Uh,
2: likewise. I here, Here's the thing, man. I, I don't even know where to begin, but the first thing I wanted to ask is, where did you grow up?
3: Okay. So I grew up uh, in, in a little, I would say in the middle of the forest, uh, outside, outside Munich in Germany, okay. and why I say forest is because my parents they had this, they inherited this house. It was literally in, in the middle of the forest. Like it, it, there's there's nothing else but trees, and um, my 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 job was to get out of the forest. <laughs> so I see, see the forest <laughs> through the very, trees. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, and I learned this. What, what, what triggered that is really uh, what you just mentioned is music because when you're a little, little boy in Germany and you're in the middle of the forest and you run around with the first Walkman of Sony, Walkman 1, and you listen to American music, then you ask yourself, where do they make this music? And this is, this is what really triggered. I have to get where this music is made and, and finally I've, I'm there. So, well, so I, live from LA. <laughs> uh,
2: oh, welcome to the show, Miss Kimberly Dillon. Nice to see you. Hello, everyone. Hi. Nice to meet you. I'm excited to see you. you. So I wanted to, uh, I have ADD, so I may be all over the place. Oh, you're not alone. You're not alone. (laughs) So I'm I'm just, I have so many curiosities. Uh, Can we talk about Desert Sessions for a second? Yeah. yeah, All right. So how do you get involved with Desert Sessions? Uh,
3: Yeah, so Desert Sessions is, as you know, is like an is like an art project. Uh, Josh Homme from Queens of the Stone Age does periodically i mean sometimes he takes a break of 10 years or something <laughs> like crazy until <laughs> he gets to it again but um so i've been working with josh uh very closely around since like eight eight nine years on the queens of estonia's band and basically i'm, I'm his creative partner in terms of all visual we know visual is very important as important probably as the music he always collaborates with great artists like a uh, Boneface from from liverpool who does the the animated artwork and I'm the I'm basically and boneface were like since since years since the last records always his go to the kind of creative creative team however this time in desert sessions he kind of switched it around it was it was like he started the project um uh, on a on a different foot and there was lots of lots of turbulence with which artists get involved and what his timing between albums and so boneface didn't do the 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 animation part the beautiful the beautiful artwork which anyone in, in, in the end won the grammy but um so i got involved literally because he calls okay dre we're doing desert sessions and it's an art project and let's do it uh, and i say okay where do we start and then it gets into concepts and it's funny how this all came together i can tell you the whole story of course but i don't want to steal no no a, no, no tell it because i think i can keep going please keep going because <laughs> i
2: am i'm a music geek and and i i go deep and I, and, I, and I i'm really deep into you know that that type of music I, you know living in l.a I'm, I'm privileged. I get to I get to go to like Camp Freddy and Royal Machine shows and all these guys, man. That's uh, <laughs> this is my exactly. This is my this is my sort of. <laughs>
1: oh yes, evidence.
3: Here's the evidence. So, so how it started it was so funny because you see here. Obviously, we can uh, the people who listen cannot see it, but what we what we what we did is the original idea uh, was born in Joshua Tree, uh, Josh and Josh and uh, and and his. And, and the team, we always like to work in Joshua Tree. There's a studio there called Rancho de la Luna. Mm. It's like in Joshua Tree. It's like the, lots of lots of bearded, bearded friends <laughs> uh, with motorbikes and, and 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 big cars and, and, and dirt bikes and, and lots of sand and, and cactus. Um, and this is where a lot of records are made, like the Arctic monkeys made their record yeah. the foo fighters, Josh's records. So this is a place of like serenity. You just you just go there. Forget all the noise of LA, and you are just there for weeks and do an album. And the album, of course, when you do this music in this situation, everybody lives together on this on this call it little mini this desert campus with a bunch of houses uh, and a studio, which is totally not. It's kind of not a studio. Josh always says like it's like this studio is built like it's like if you if it's like fifty things are wrong, and (laughs) and 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 and, but it makes it actually (laughs) very special. It's the it's the the anti-studio, but it has a very special sound. And and so so we go there. And um, I'm always coming in there. So they do music, they do the music first, so he invites the artists there. As, as you know, Desert Sessions is a project where everybody has these funny stories. Everybody only can more or less only do one take. And there are stories, even Billy Gibbons from CC Top, he only was was given the chance to do one take. So there's those, there was there was there were situations in the studio I I remember where they were saying, like, oh, like, it's, it's billy josh let him do another take no everybody was one take it's that's what it is so it's really very artistic uh, it's out there in the desert and and hutch one of the one of the partners in in in, in all the band hutch was an engine was this legendary like uh collaborator on the road uh he lives there as well and he had the idea let's do for desert jession the album artwork this little um this little book where you switch what, what do you call it again where you switch the, the heads and the you, you can switch out the other yeah, now you, know, yeah, you you're can really, imagine you really give yep. it to flipbook. Yeah, the flipbook. Mm-hmm. flipbook, yeah. So flipbook first was the, the original idea and then I started okay, great idea. So I need basically the photos of all the artists and and, and then we'll just fit them somehow together. So then there was like okay, there's the record company, and we talk about budgets, and then it's like all goes like okay, that's a little bit too expensive. We want to do the, the most expensive vinyl on earth, then we had to cut down a little bit, and in the end, then we transferred all my photos, which is now this animated characters. All my photos were like transferred to um, this animated, this animated. Renderings, right? And these animated renderings in the end made them the the artwork. And this how how the how the artwork came all together. And in the end, won won the Grammy for best art art artwork and photography. Um, but so this is it's 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 fascinating how Josh produces that. He's very purist, you know. And it's yeah. very artsy, as you know. As even like this weird, as one one song is with this weird character. Well, there's from,
2: one. If I remember correctly, uh, if you run. Uh, that that song. Yeah, yeah, exactly. What a super exactly. incredible video to that too. It's just uh, so interesting, and and you know,
3: oh my god! And if you say that, this is I have to say yeah. something. That this is like this is Libby. Libby is saying yeah. that Libby, and and Libby is like she's not the most famous artist in the world, but Libby is a is a wonderful artist, and she is, has a wonderful vibe. And the the, the sad story about this, and, and and as well the great story. Josh included her in the album with all those great artists, right? And and there's like. CC top on it and everything. but as well Libby and it's a great song they wrote it together and unfortunately like this the the, the director of this video uh, Rio Hackford who is who is Taylor Hackford's son and Ellen Willen's stepson he passed away he's one of the wow. greatest friends of Josh he had cancer he passed away recently we just were at the celebration of life this Saturday and Libby was there with the kids and it's just that reminds me you're saying that uh, this is such a great thing you're saying that this is one of your favorite songs Amazing. because it's just came out of this, and he did. He directed the video. It's probably one of the last projects he did. You know, it's like it's very sad, but on the end it makes me happy. You, you recognize well, it's, it. Right? It's, it it's very emotional. He,
2: there's a legacy to that, right? So, so in right. art, uh, you know, people can can leave and, and transition, but you leave something yes. behind for for the world and generations to to sort of uh, you know exactly invest and 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 share as well. Um, on, on the Grammy side. Uh, just, just curious, the logistics. So you, you won a Grammy, it was for best visual
3: uh, uh, art? No, but, uh, I can read you, this is right here. It says, what is it? In recognition of your particip- uh, participation as photographer of the Grammy Award winning volume at uh, 11, 12, Best Recording Package. That's what the Grammy is. It's for the Best Recording Package. So it's like basically the the packaging and the photography got the art, art uh, So did
2: you actually attend the Grammys? Like, and
3: no, no, I didn't. This was I mean, this was all this virtual two thousand twenty. (laughs) Great. It was.
2: Can it can it get you back and you can come up and like give a whole speech and all that stuff? and, And only
3: the artists really get it. You know, it's this one of those Grammys. I always say it's. I mean, this sounds super super. Uh, super, I, I say this for for fun. Always like it's very hard not to win a Grammy in the music industry because there's so many Grammys, right? There's like the Grammy for the third <laughs> violin, which right, right. you never see. They never they never uh, uh, broadcast this part of the Grammys. So is this one? This is like this is like one. Uh, it's it's a very special one. And I love it that they actually give the visual artists the credit here, right? And 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 it's it's. I, I obviously, obviously I love I love it more than a musical a musical Grammy in my field, but Josh obviously like, why well, yeah, <laughs> it of course, like a Grammy now for, for the visual, but he's the mastermind of this, you know, he's, it's his Grammy because it's his, it's his vision. It's everything. He's such a talented artist. Uh, he's set himself as well, a painter and he, he, he paints and he does all kinds of stuff like not beside music. So he is definitely, he's earned it the most because he put us all together, but I was, I was lucky to be part of it and him making me part of this. And I keep collaborating with him. You know, I, we do like we're waiting for the new album of the Queens of Estonia now and, and so on. So we're going to work a lot on that. And I have lots of movies in the planning on uh, on 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 stuff I already shot. Uh, I, I was attending the tour 2018, 2019. We have the whole European tour and the American West Coast and East Coast uh, documented on film. So we're going to be editing that at the moment. There will be a huge Queens of Estonia uh, movie. At some point, I can't wait. Um, I'm a
2: huge fan uh, of Josh and and just just the artistic collaboration. It's it's so interesting to me how you get people in a room and then there's a spark. And and some people it doesn't work, but some people it works really really well. I, not too long ago, I went to see uh, Billy Gibbons of the Troubadour, and then even yeah. even like that and you have it's easy top but it's not easy top it's this other no, no, it's this other thing and it brings out so much creativity and the music is oh so my amazing. God, he's
3: amazing you know he speaks so and stuff like this this guy's no, like he really he, like speaks an african language like it's like he's like he's like uh, from another planet as well i mean it's, it's it's it was a pleasure to work with him I and mean, we were hanging out a lot in in the desert and and uh hearing his stories and there was so much there was so much uh, excitement as well on the on the press side. There was a lot of uh even GQ did a big shoot in the desert with all of them, and then we did like with all his interviews and 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 Billy was always there and was was giving a lot of giving a lot of time for this project. And 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 it turned out to be one of, I mean, one of the very successful records. I love like, it. Those, I, those, I think it's super records. cool.
2: Yeah, so let, let me ask you um what in terms of loves, what came first, your love of photography? or your love of music or rock and roll? How did that kind of come?
3: Yeah. So, so, so my story is like long story short. I really, I started very early, had my own commercial film production company in Germany by by luck, really. And persistence, it got really successful. I was able to sell it to an American agency called gray. And, and, and through this, I got really into at an early age, like into lots of making lots of films, short films like commercials, and working with the greatest directors in the world. Like I was in a position that I could work with from George Lucas to Spielberg, Ridley Scott, all those guys. And, but, and, but ho- but, but,
2: who, yeah. and I don't mean to interrupt you, Dre, but look, look, can we go back yeah. a little bit further? Like that's already, you have some skill, you establish yourself, but how do, you're, you're in the forest in Germany. How did that come about?
3: Yeah exactly that's why this my ever ever uh, in the fast of germany only happened because I I was managing to sell this local and this local film production company in germany working on german commercials to an international agency who ran all of europe and then we were as a crazy we But this was the hype in the 90s was still big times of advertising and we were like we were like pick and choosing the directors from all over the world in Germany. We'd be flying to Africa, to Argentina, to Eastern Europe. We're shooting all over the world, right? With with the directors we wanted. We had so much budget there. You know, you could you could call Ridley Scott in London and say, hey, we have a beer commercial, Heineken, what do you want to do it? And like, yeah, oh, here, send me the story, but oh I like it. I want to change a little bit, then boom. You ended up shooting with him in South Africa and with his whole team and learning so much uh, about film photography then from the great guys. Uh, after I kind of had my my second, I, I basically when I was nearly thirty, I moved to London, uh, sold all my shares, all my companies, moved to London, kind of started a new creative journey. With thirty, I kind of said, "Okay, I did enough, made, made a lot, a lot of uh, uh, waste of time in 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 creating content of non cultural relevance." I would say with commercials. Right now, I wanted to focus on some real stuff, and this is where really photography and like my 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 drive to actually combine as well the budgets of of big advertising brands with with uh with entertainment properties so this was my specialty the early like branded entertainment and from that i went to really my favorite was always since since i loved i I mainly loved from a business aspect i loved music because you actually can write a song and you can own it in the in photography you take a picture it's even better you own that picture and nobody can take it away and you can put it on actually on the wall and you can Create some some value. You can do additions and stuff. So, and nobody can take it away from you. In the opposite in movies, right? And now even these days, and you have like fifteen songwriters, and every song, everybody's in the, in the studio is a songwriter, right? Well, he was in the room or she was in the room. So, so I was I was for my passion really. Like I went tended to for trended to photography, using always the great lens. I'm a little bit of a geek with lenses and the old lenses and the Leica cameras from Germany and all that. And so on. So I went that way and started in music photography mainly. But I did. I did in the beginning. I did a lot of like uh, 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 hip hop stuff, even with Puff and and like people like Dallas, Austin, Atlanta. I was like very much involved, like like there, from 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 in in total hip hop and, and 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 underground there in Atlanta. I, I went there a lot and did a lot of photos and films there. So from there, how do I get to rock and roll, right? So. <laughs> <laughs> and and really I got to rock and roll like fast forward when I when I moved to LA like 16 years ago, I met Josh socially in LA. And I just finished, I did this book on, on Mexican luchadores. This is this big coffee table book I did. And, and, and he was one of he he saw that. And he bought two of them and they like each like $1,200. So, oh, it was my first customer. They said, oh, wow, you're taking you take two? Yeah, I love it, Dre. And I want to give that to my friends for to whatever, Jack Black to for Christmas because he did Natural Libre. So that kicked off our our creative relationship. And I say, hey, why don't we do something together? And then he invited me out of the blue to to photograph like his project with Iggy Pop. Oh, yeah, and, that's right. In the desert is post-pop depression. Yeah. That album, the last album of Iggy Pop kind of what, which the there, there's a picture.
2: There's a picture I remember with them holding hands and it's such a iconic visual. Yeah, that's my that's, that's my my picture. picture. That's, that's yeah. amazing. Yeah. I
3: love that. Yeah. And this is, this is in the movie as well. So, and Josh and I directed this movie, American Valhalla after we did, I did all the photos and then I did the movie with him and we released the movie. It's now on Amazon Prime and, and Apple. And it was super successful. It has like one, like 10 film festivals. It was like, I think it's a really it's as close as it gets. He let me really in close. If I don't know if you have seen it, but no. if you have seen, haven't seen it, you will see it's a pretty, you get as, as close as you can really get to Josh. It's, it's I mean, I'm with him after the show and the last show in his dressing room alone. And like, he's talking it's really opening up and crying and all of stuff. So it's a, it's a good document for like creativity and like people who are, Commit to the creative trade in their lives and and just follow that path and not being uh, uh, confused by anything like financial or like like need to make money or something. They just focus on their talent, right? And that turns out into success. Not always, but if you're persistent, you have a big chance of of, of getting that if you're talented. Yeah. So that that that's that's that story. But of course, I can. I can talk forever. Yeah, well, I, between, I, I'd love, between. I'd love to go deeper,
2: but let's 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 kind of shift a little bit, and so so our audience can understand uh, Jushi and what who who is Jushi, what what is that? Why should
3: we? Okay, why should we know? This is like a great great moment. So because so because of the queens of Estonia. So we were like hanging out like in in like 2018. And I I get I'm in California, I see more and more, I see all these brands popping up, cannabis brands. And I'm like, oh my God, this is this is real. This is getting real here. This is real stuff with real sales. There's Men is popping up, but I've really hyped up about it. And so I was looking actually before I met Jushi, I was looking for a partner to do the Queens of the Stone Age pre-roll brand. Mm. <laughs> so I'm calling around. And somehow, some somebody, some really weird coincidence. As I shoot desert sessions and going up to uh, Northern California to shoot Les Claypool, who you know from Primus. Of course, I'm going to see him and shortly. And there was exactly there was a there was everything was flooded, and I tried to find Les Claypool in somewhere in his wine 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 mountains. I'm I'm calling my friend in Singapore and uh, who always knows somebody. In, in anything, I, in, but he never calls back. So I leave him a message: Hey, do you know anyone in the cannabis industry You want to do this brand with my friends from Queens of Age? Boom! One minute later, he comes back. You gotta call Jim caciopo and Eric Mao from Jushi. Uh-huh. They just starting like this retail company. It's very east, east, east coast focus, retail focus. You should talk to them. Um, that was it. I talked to them. The timing was right for me, and. and, and a little only, I had to talk. I said, "Wow, this is ex- with my advertising background, with my weird marketing branded entertainment advertising stuff." Without saying it, kind of, and all that, I I very quickly understood that I would love to be part of this uh, this just rising company. At that point, we we're like 30 people or something, in a PowerPoint presentation just about to buy our first dispensary in Pennsylvania. Yeah. So I came in in the right moment, I have to say, and I brought in my my the my my the top guys of my team the digital the digital i'm i'm very strong always was very strong in digital have a great great team their expertise then we have our brand expertise building brands and then of course um as well like from a i had a i was very much involved in the in in software software in the user experience uh, part of software design i had another company for that in my early life so i was very much like I know how to design not only software, but as well store flows and customer experience and all that kind of stuff. So the perfect three pillars, which is perfect for a cannabis company. And this started the relationship. I moved in. I became chief creative officer, chief creative director, and um, and 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 started. Now we're like 2,000 people and uh, have six brands in seven states, 35 stores, and 300 million revenue. Uh, it's it's pretty insane that story, right? And and I was just this time I like got at the right place at the right time. And this was my, my talent was the perfect thing for that, <laughs> for that um, industry. Uh, and it, it's, it's just getting started as you know, it's, and then we never did the Queens of the Stone Age brand yet, but not yet. <laughs> obviously <laughs> it's, a, coming. it's coming. It's <laughs> coming at some point. Yeah. At some point <laughs> we, need, we need a new album. So, so why,
2: uh, why cannabis out of what was what that's was a good drawing trend. you to
3: that? So so I I had no idea about cannabis. I was just as I said I was intrigued by uh, California being so open and so 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 progressive with this, right? So that's that's my first thing. And then I I smoked my last joint when I was eighteen, and then and then thirty years later, um, I smoked the next joint, and 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 that was before I I went on my quest to find partners for Queens of Estonia because if you want to do a weed brand, I said, you have to know what it is. So, so since that day I'm smoking, consuming every day and it changed, it sounds cheesy, but it changed my life a lot. And I can, I can talk to that in a second, but why cannabis, I think cannabis is something I'm a rule breaker, you know, Josh and uh, Josh, that's why Josh likes me as well. I'm always, I I, I love to break rules and not do it like others think it should be done or this is how it should be done. This way. And so cannabis is like this, like a dream for me, right? There's so many restrictions and things which I enjoy, you know, dance around them and fi- find ways how to communicate to customers without breaking the rules, right? And this, this is the creativity it needs. So I'm kind of expert in this because, it, you know, the adver- advertising really had a big downfall through digital. And how do you co- communicate with your customers without TV commercials or traditional advertising? kicking in anymore and the way is really to create some interesting stuff which communicates the same values as the brand values and then put them together somehow very abstract like the branded entertainment basically which i'm kind of one of the first people who did it in 2000 already so that fits perfect with cannabis so that was for me a business a great business decision and creatively as well super exciting because everything else you really compete with everybody else all the time. If I start a new hamburger chain, okay, then you know what I mean? Yeah, but
2: it's, it's, it's really interesting because I, you know, you, you bring in this, this visual aspect to uh, the industry. And I, I think there, yeah. there's a big gap in, you know, I, I've been in the industry for a very, very long time. And, you know, it's like first we'll, let's get celebrities and maybe we we'll just slap yeah, a celebrity great. brand on, oh. on And it doesn't, But but you're taking you're taking a really like I I don't know the right terminology so but you're you're using sort of traditional branding and advertising that's done for other brands and you're bringing it into the cannabis space and you, and by doing that, it seems to me that you're elevating the entire industry as well, because it's not okay. only that brand, but it's actually taken us out of the dark ages and taken us out of the gray uh, into something that is a legitimate product, legitimate brand, a therapeutic or whatever you want to, and, and it's got yeah. the same kind of feel to it. That That's what it seems like to me.
3: Yeah. You couldn't have said it better. So for me as well, it's very exciting that I was able and it was really had the, had the honor to to start as well in like medical markets first, right? Because they're so strict. And and uh, first of all, everybody, of course, complaining how strict it is, whatever. But I think it's, it's good as it's strict. It's like there's, there's rules and you have to follow them but as well. And then in the medical market, I only really understand how important this product is for people with issues like cancer and PTSD and people who cannot see insomnia and all that kind of stuff. It's such an amazing alternative medicine, right? You call it medicine, you call it patients. So this is my starting point, imagine. And then being in California to know what's, what's, how this where this can turn, you know, and where it can turn bad. I mean, you see Mad Men, they did a great job in the beginning and then it all went weird, but still they, they're great. I think they still have a great brand and they did, they did everything right. So looking at all this, imagine, and then being able to come into this with, as you said, with my experience, but not rushing. It's important not to rush it. You have to absorb this. You have to have a lot of respect. I think for the people who have done this for a long, long time, and people who have been who have been who have been put away for what they have done, and, and all kinds of stuff. You know, you have to this. You have to absorb. You cannot just jump. Okay, now let's show Travis Scott on this, and then make some money. So it's like it's it's really like I think respectful, kind. I love the industry. How kind everybody is. How everybody still feels like okay, we're not like treating our bloody vendors as vendors. This like just my partners, you know, they they started with me, like the people like iHeartJane, Jane, this, this e-commerce. They're like my friends, you know, and they we help each other. We're always there for each other. We like on the weekend and midnight where you can call us guys. It's a different industry. It's just it's just a wonderful time to be that early in something great. Right. It will turn it will turn like very fast into something else. But being there now and being Part of it, maybe even like in protecting it from too much too much commercial, commercial, commercialization, which it hasn't deserved, and be always respectful and always like uh, never forget those medical uh, patients who who are in line and, and they really need it. Yeah. Uh, I think that's that's super important. <laughs> One little off topic, but that's that's why what fascinates me with it, and that's for me, it's really like a it's like a, every morning I love to. Waking up, and like, I cannot wait to get going. Right, so because it's such a, it's just fantastic to see how this product changes lives. And and where, where can you where can you do this? I mean, there's there's nothing like it, right? It's not off topic
2: like- at all. It's completely on topic because y- you absolutely hit the nail on the head. By we're standing on the shoulders of the people who came before us. Uh, The people that the reason why we even have cannabis uh, legality uh, to a certain extent is because the, you know, the AIDS, cancer, et cetera, patients that that struggled and suffered from that. And I also want to commend you on something you said. Uh, You you didn't consume cannabis uh, for 30 years, but then you said I needed to consume so I can kind of be in that business. And there are so many people that are coming into this industry now that never even touched the plant. Don't, I, don't, I don't consume cannabis. And, and I think that's...
1: And there's so many ways that they can consume it without getting high. For sure. So it's almost, it's almost a slap in the face when you see some of these executives come in and say, that's oh, absolutely I right. don't smoke or hold. And it's like, then why would I believe you? How would you know how to tell these stories?
2: Well, it's it's that in the sense of community. 100%. The, the, the sense of community. And this is like, I go to MJ Biz, for instance, the conference. And it's not about learning anything and, and I mean there's some things sometimes they're they're okay here and there but it's about seeing the people and giving them a hug and you know smoking a joint or whatever it is and it's that sense of community there's no other industry, I think, that has this connection. And it's a global thing because everywhere you go, and I've talked about this before so many times, you smoke a joint with somebody in Africa, you have a friend for life, uh, Colombia. Everywhere you yeah. go is that building yeah. that community. So, yeah, I commend you from, for saying that for sure.
3: And I think, I think as well, like, so when, you, when I enter into things, so, for example, so when I do, I did this, I did this big film for the Swedish uh, Royal Air Force, Uh, for for their new jet fighters sponsored by Zab and have the engines and whatever. And so, of course, when you direct a film, you have to first, you have to learn how to fly a jet fighter. I mean, otherwise, how can you understand what's happening there? How can you get the feeling across in in a visual when you don't know how it feels, right? So this is same with cannabis. You have to be Always become this kind of method actor, right? You you have to become it. You cannot sell this. I, I, I really, I really think you can should never be in it if you don't consume it uh, in this. Because what you said, Kimball, is very right. I think there's so many executives coming in, and they have they have no relation. All they, all I see is the money, right? So let's be honest. So um, that's the, the great thing <laughs> with Jushi is that first of all, we're starting with the CEO who is like this. If you if you Google him, he's this hedge fund, this 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 asset like a distressed asset shark, you could call him. But this guy is the only guy really who really consumed since he was in Harvard in business school, got other people in trouble until today. Right? He is he is he's the real deal. He knows more about cannabis than everybody in the company, which is a great start. Yeah. And then everything down from there, he. He wants to make sure, and I'll I'll help a lot with that, <laughs> to to uh, to have people understand that they have to consume it; otherwise, they cannot sell it, or they cannot be part of any conversations where we talk about it. You know, you always talk about packaging. How long do we talk about packaging? I say, can we talk about the flowers well we put in the packaging? Because nobody needs the fucking packaging. Exactly. Like. You you want the weed. You don't want us to spend all the money on the packaging and then you try to open it up. And when you open it up, the whole thing falls apart because it's so complex and the, the child the child safe thing it works and then all my stuff is on the floor. Um and, and 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 so on. I think we have to really we have to go now it's already a time to go sustainable. You have to make it as easy as possible and really spend the money on the product and not on, on packaging. Yeah. You know? That, that's that's I think the The new the new thing we will do, like we will make sure there's no more fancy like stuff like here. here, Got a hand grenade here, (laughs) like in California with a joint for 15 people. So (laughs) who, who needs that? Right. So. So, I mean, there's there's a celebrity that
2: has a brand like that that would probably tell you his people need that.
3: Uh, yeah, exactly. So, but I'm,
2: we're not going to mention.
3: No, it's, like, that it's a, a gimmick, issue. right? I mean, it's like it's good. <laughs> this, this, he comes from a, or he or she comes from a brand and has this vision, and it's great to make make this vision come true. So perfect for him. But I think for the consumer, we know this. The consumer needs needs simple and simple access, and it has to be easy. and let's make this stuff sustainable and 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 look out for the planet as yeah. well a bit because nobody needs the packaging right? yeah
2: no and, and i agree with you it's the quality it's the quality of the product makes sense but from from yeah. but from a branding's like it was so early on and, and you know this is kimberly's uh, domain she has expertise in there mm-hmm. i have limited expertise on the branding side but i, I always ask people about is the brand important? What does it What does it mean when you go into a dispensary? Are you looking at the brand of the dispensary? Does that mean anything to you? Like you were saying, MedMen, or when you go in, are you buying things because you like the way they look? Uh, how are, are they appealing to you? So it's it's such a complicated thing. Are you are you branding oh. Juicy? Are you branding the the flat? Are you branding the, the dispensary? Do you have a specific brand in the dispensary that you want to sell? So I'm I'm always confused about all these different. Uh, things because yeah, not, all the not, new branding, not for
3: nothing. right? Not for nothing. <laughs> if you go to Whole Foods and you wanna wanna get uh, some lemons, then uh, are you looking? Okay, which brands of the lemons do we have, and what which are the most nice packaged lemons? So this is always my example. So, but as soon as it goes to lemonade, right? Then it's okay. Then I have can have can have brands and stuff. But this with fl- I think flour brands are like questionable If you if you can really brand them. Um, it's 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 uh, of course the trend at the moment goes to like super. I mean, it's everybody's cost, cost, cost. So it's a lot of those house brands of the dispensaries. They they get the first look. The bartenders are trained to show that first, and then if you want the fancy, cool stuff in California, connected Alien Labs and all that stuff, then it's there as well. But you first trying to sell your house brands, and and they packaged in in either your own house brand or you the brand of your dispensary. That's how it, it goes these days. But um, I think brands are—it's—it's it's still early with brands. I think we will go through a lot of stuff until some some coming out in the gummy world or something. There, or you can see you see the caminos and the wilds. Like the, they like the—they have their own at the moment that that territory, right? And but it's more names than brands. I feel it's more like people remember if you would call it one and two, then they would just they, all they need just remember. Do you have some more of one? Yeah, or you have I can have some too it's not really like oh wild and it's my dream and I have to have it it's like you know it's like it's so much more value I pay so much more for it if needed. they're really good gummies you know they they're, they're the best gummies probably in the market at least in California I mean they they they're great they have a great effect and that's why people buy them It's more about the product to be honest in my yeah. opinion but um it's slowly coming kimberly what what do you think like it it's slowly getting there would be interesting like what, what's your take
1: on it? You know, I think it's the whole value chain, right? Because you can have a beautiful brand, but if you don't have a bud tender to sell it, and if it doesn't, sh- you don't That's have right, a... Yeah. get, get
3: this to shelf space. And-
1: visualize it and the whole thing. And the website, like all of it should be 360. Like it all should work together. And now it's very disjointed. And I think we're just doing basic business stuff. Like, can it just be on shelf?
3: Yeah. That's right. Oh, that's God. right. It's like basics. <laughs> basics. Retail basics. Exactly. Let's <laughs> fix first the basics, right? I mean, people like, so we we, we just brought in like our new head of retail is, uh, is, a, is a great guy from, from anthropology. So he brings all his anthropology guys in, which are amazing. So they have like, they know how to do retail. To your point, Kimberly, they they know how to present, right? How to how to create the flows for the store. What do you see first? And I see something else and I see it again and so on. They know all that stuff. So, Good retailers, good presentation is key before you even start with the the, the brands, and then you can. And then it's up to the retailer at the moment what do you want to sell because anything would sell because they just want it. So, so it's it's and it has thousands of SKUs. We have we started in California. One of our stores has over thousand SKUs. We're trying to reduce this now. Really, it doesn't make any sense. 1,000 SKUs? I mean, where does the customer? <laughs> Even look, most of this stuff is not on the sales floor because there's a window there and it's transparent, and you can't even pr- not not show it in some counties in California their product and so on. So there's all this stuff. I mean, it's like it's like it's it's early days still. I think for that, but you have to. I know
1: we couldn't do this, but I still would love to have a weed flight of little baby pre rolls that I could try in yeah. between, just the way you try it, bo- a beer or wine a winery. Because also, how do you educate someone on what good weed That's right. is? That's right. That's right.
2: Oh is. my God! Exactly. Yeah. Well,
1: and it's hard to do. It's so expensive. I'm not really exploring. Exactly.
2: In- well, even it, it, it's state to state specific. So, like back in the day when we used to have dispensaries, we have jars and people can smell them people yeah, can that's, that's, you know touch them and we don't have that in certain states don't even allow you to have uh, the you know the flower displayed and can't be on. Un- so it's, yeah, it's by the
3: cat in a, in a bag basically like, it's like you don't know what it is. not even the bartender knows the flower because he's not allowed to see it I, and or taste it or test yeah, it not even the button you know i had a,
2: a really really funny experience i went to this very well-known uh dispensary in san francisco and you come in and it's a really beautiful, uh, you know, the, w- the way the butt tenders work with you. It's really nice. And they have a menu. And so I asked him about terpenes. And the guy was like, uh, yeah, I don't I don't really know. And I said, yeah, bring it out. Can you bring me and have me smell it? And I'll try to identify it. So I said, uh, I smelled it. It smelled uh, citrusy. So I'm like, it's got some limonene. And I started describing, it. I'm like, you smell it. What do you smell? He goes, I, I, I don't have a, a good sense of smell. I can't really smell. So I'm like, wait a second. <laughs> You're working here. You don't have any information about terpenes, nor can you actually smell. I mean, I, I'm sorry. I'm not sure if this is a really a future job for you, but I, I have I'm another <laughs> good one
3: for you. So I'm in uh, in California in the dispensary with my, my like uh, competitor uh, research. So I'm going in there and asking asking about it. And so so what do you what do you like to smoke? Uh, uh, then and the first thing says I can uh, I can afford that, uh, that expensive shit here. <laughs> so where are you buying that? <laughs> uh, where do you buy it? It's like I still buy from my dealer. Exactly. <laughs> buy black it's too so expensive. What, what do you think I should buy? What is this over there? I think, I don't know. It's some, I don't know. Is that not Seth? I, I know, of course. What it? Is. is it not Seth Rogan's brand? It's comes kind of this big art piece in the dispensary. <laughs> That's Rogen's uh, house plan. Yeah. Right. So, so it's like, is it Seth? Rogen? I don't know. It's just, is it, what is it? Like, is it weird? Yeah, it's kind of, I don't know. Like, okay, whatever. So no idea and not even buying and not being able to afford uh, the product of your own store. Well, right? I, I think we that's that's
2: the store's fault because we used to have dispensaries. We give our bud tenders. Like 30% discount. And when they get their yeah. check at the end of the week or whatever, they would spend half their money on buying the weed from our store. So that way it's a. It's of course, a win no, win. no, of
3: course. That's how you do it. And
2: you have to. <laughs> yeah, but really, that was
1: before all the regulations. 30% that's right. Now just covers the taxes. Yeah,
2: it, it was right, way before. Right. Yes, yes. You're absolutely right. right. In and, California, and you and have
3: all to. All those states, I mean, it's so hard to get even the butt tenders to test the product. There's so much you got to go through from a compliance perspective. Point of view to do that, it's like really hard. So, so uh, it's-
2: Dre, in, in terms of uh, branding, just w- one other question on that, yeah. it, because every state is different, right? And you, you guys have yeah. a lot of, uh, you have a lot of uh, uh, places in in Pennsylvania. I'm, I'm yeah. from Philly. I moved to LA like ah, thirteen super. years ago, so I I, I understand the culture. In Pennsylvania, yep. I'd say does it matter what state you go in? Do you have a different sort of way that you present in different states, or is it just this is the brand and this is what it is, regardless of where we are?
3: Yeah, so so to answer the question. Number one is always like the Department of Health in Pennsylvania, for example, is very it's very tough. So we have certain things where it's getting if it gets too recreational or too playful or too much maybe attracting to kids or something like cookies or that that doesn't fly there. So you have to make make sure you have brands which are a little bit more serious. They are like a little bit more medical or like look look the deal for the market. We we design our brands uh, basically for all the markets or trying to do that for all the markets. Of course, there's different variations a little bit here and there because of compliance. But we try not to be too like okay, let's just do like a young, sexy thing, and that, that but that doesn't work in Pennsylvania. That works in California. But then in California, we're not really yet vertically integrated, uh, so so we we're just starting here. So we have stores here, but we're starting. So the answer to your question is we we really have to custom sometimes for states the, the even the messaging and, and the whole shebang around it. Uh, but trying to have one thing, you know, like we have we have a flower bed. Flower brand called the Bank, which is is originated in Colorado, and we have a, a rape brand called Lab, which is as well a co- award-winning Colorado brand originally, which we acquired, and we launched it in all our markets. Those two, and then we have some more cooler stuff like Searshay, which we came up ourselves. That's like the it's like this this adventure brand. If you see, go to sachet Flower, it's very much like log fires and old VW buses mm-hmm. and hiking and stuff. So it's it's a it's a it's a very affordable uh, small seabird but great. In California, when we launch, it will be outdoors from Humboldt. So it will be a super cool story. Sustainable, you know, and all that stuff. Sustainable packaging. So that, of course, the Humboldt story, we cannot transfer into, into Pennsylvania, but but a little bit because we can talk about, okay, in California, it's the Humboldt legend. in Pennsylvania obviously it comes from our indoor grow, but we use similar strains and originated right, right. there. So, so you, you carry these stories through, but that's, that's, that's exactly those challenges you you're talking about, right? But the
2: so. stories are it. I mean, you, I, I definitely agree with you. I think if the only, and you gave a really good example of, uh, of gummies, but the, the, the only thing that I, when I talk to people who are, who are not really often cannabis consumers, they connect to the story they have, that's what you remember, like, oh, this is a story of blah, 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 blah. And, and if they can connect to that story, they'll remember exactly. the product, maybe not the brand That's name.
3: right. It's right. It's more important than sometimes the The price is the most important, oh, yeah. and then yeah. maybe, maybe the story. Yeah. And as a great brand in California, you should interview this, if you haven't done it yet, this is brand called Evidence. And it's, it's one of our best-selling brands. Evidence, I, I try to remember the, the, so it's basically, it's a, it's a woman-led business based in, in California, in LA, they have bought a prison, an old prison. Nobody in the prison, an old prison. They converted it in a grow. They're growing from growers from Hamboldt and, and, and they give them part of the money back to people. Who, they grow in the prison and give the money back to people who were in prison because of cannabis. Yeah. That's kind of how it is. So that. that's a cool story, right? And it always works. I mean, it's like people like that story. It's very simple packaging. It's like evidence. It's all black. Uh, black black mylar bags, super to the point, and and it's it's that's I call a good story. Yeah, right absolutely. And, and I think the only story in cannabis you have really in America, I mean, the only real cannabis story, and I cannot emphasize enough. I, I only did a deep dive recently into it. This really, this California grown sun grown weed in the Emerald Triangle, right? That's that's the story, and not necessarily the gangster story about it it's more those guys who went there there's these farmers in those mountains they have a there's an f- amazing climate for it. the ocean grown like high up that weed is amazing and i think that's the only real like that's maybe the bordeaux the future bordeaux <laughs> of, of cannabis right like it should be because it's it's the origin, really, and the only story. I mean, what other stories? Oh, I have an indoor grow in Pennsylvania. It's a great story. So, but well,
2: I mean, th- there's international stories, though. Uh, you know, so, yeah, of course. So I you know have, it goes Hawaii, right. it goes Jamaica. The American story is like the humble, right? The American story has always been the Emerald Triangle, the humble, yeah. and the, the OGs.
1: But, you know, I also think that's fine. Uh, Fred Kunola who passed away, he would always teach me around, uh, what is it called, Appalachian? Yeah and how he really fought for the appellation for the emerald triangle similar cuz he was french and the same thing around the bordeaux and all the different wines and i yeah. think it is fine to have this sort of california mythology in weeds still
3: i think so yeah i think so you at know, some point it's going to come over <laughs> right it's, the, those those trucks are going to roll into the east coast as well at some point in the future it has and that we love their- it
1: Miss, it, yeah it's sexy saying that your weed is from Ohio is never gonna <laughs>
3: win <laughs> <laughs> however it can be much the indoor so people now this is a funny thing right indoor everybody thinks indoor is the best it is it might be the best and it's the best it's no, no nothing wrong with, it's the best but then there's from there's greenhouse and greenhouses as well consistent and people like it and it's a little bit better considered than outdoor but now everybody says outdoor is not good but I think outdoor is the original it's like the it's the story, right? It's like fascinating. Or the story tastes good. And it's, even if it's a little bit of an after, it's a bit more harsh than others, right? But that's kind of reminds you, you, you many people, that reminds them when they first smoked, right? It, it all depends too. All
2: a- the, the reason why you're doing indoor is because you're trying to mimic outdoor. So you're trying yeah, to exactly. recreate an environment of a certain place that originated that certain land race. and the way the only way to do it really right is to try to di- try to dial in the environment that's similar to that space. So if you have a climate, if you're growing, you know, Hawaiian-based uh, kind of uh, cultivars uh, that have this humid. Climate, you want your in you know indoor environment to be that, or you want to mimic something exactly. like uh, the Durban's or anywhere else. So that, that's why it makes exactly. it it makes it good because you can control your environment. But if you're in the environment that's already perfect and you're going it the way it's supposed to with the natural stressors, you'll get great quality outdoor uh, cultivars as and, well. And there's something and, and romantic. And
1: uh, yeah, and there's something romantic, like for example, when I think of chicken. I'm imagining these chickens are flocking in a field somewhere.
3: Exactly. exactly. It's a good imagination.
2: (laughs) Because they're they're in a a line with like a thousand of them sitting next to each other. And I'm actually
1: eating indoor chicken, but Tyson's not marketing indoor chicken.
3: That's right. (laughs) Right. That's that's why why I don't eat chicken. (laughs) That's where we devise this thing. (laughs) But so I just want to say something as well. Like, it's so, when you think about the sustainability, you cannot, I mean, these indoor grows, they're like Bitcoin mines nearly, you know, the (laughs) amount of energy those things are eating, right? Like, and we're trying to, we we always, we have, have, I was on a GP tour last week. We went to all our grows and the main thing we're doing is capturing that water and reusing the water. We have these humongous water filter tanks who like reusing all the water. We nearly don't need any further water, And uh, so water is a big thing for us. I just wanted to to mention here as well, we're already started an international project now as one of the first first cannabis company. We're building wells in Africa. We have, at the moment, in six countries, we've got water wells which serve communities who have no access to clean water. So for us, this whole story of water and, like, this sustainability and, like, again, the Emerald Triangle and, and weed sun grown and with water from the rivers there and so on that's a big deal you know like i think it should be celebrated and and we want to we want to we, we want to invest a lot in water as well like water is like life right it's very very as we know yeah. one of the most important things but but um that's one of our our main focuses next year you know to to, to even enlarge that footprint and 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 go like and and go more sustainable really yeah. with all this <clears throat>
2: if you don't mind me asking, how does your family feel? I know you're a rebel and you've been doing this I, all the time, I, but this is cannabis because there's a certain stigma and growing up in, in Germany and being in Europe, uh, you know, uh, maybe it's a little bit of conservative. So I, how do your family
3: feel? Exactly. That- so, so here's my family. So I'm basically the rebel, the German rebel. I, you can throw me anywhere. I can, whatever I, I, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll cope with it. So, but uh, so my wife is from Senegal, Africa. So, Africa is like, there's, you go to prison if you even talk about it, right? That country. I mean, you have something, you go to prison right away. Um, so for her, it was not easy to understand it was even. I mean, I'm the rule breaker number one. So for me, like everything, there's a rule like okay, you have to break it. Like, so cannabis is perfect, but her having to, to accept like me fading from like rock and roll photographer now to cannabis entrepreneur, um, full-time specifically in, in... Can you imagine how many shoots we had? In there? <laughs> the only thing I shot is Foo Fighters just before COVID and then never did a shoot again uh, until Jushi was grown, until 1,600 people from yeah. 30. So no shoots. But we did a lot of shoots for Jushi. So for, for, for her, it was really hard to digest that. She's not a consumer still. She's very curious about the gummies and the edibles. She understands that like we should go to the doctor in America and the doctor gives her... Um, the first thing, antidepressant. You have one headache or something. If you haven't don't you feel so good. And get antidepressants. So she understands she should never take that. So she understands this is like a natural alternative. But slowly, I'm trying to kind of persuade her. So that's the that's the that's the wife, the daughter, 16 years old. What God can I say more? It's this is all about the weed, and nobody knows what's happening there. But if you go to those Hollywood patios guys, there's. Only we I, I have a 17. <laughs> no
2: more, I have a 17-year-old daughter, so I and I live in LA. So I understand.
3: exactly. So <laughs> so she's totally reformed. You know, she goes to school here. In school, they're teaching there already how good cannabis is. So you can imagine that there's like, but why are you saying it's bad when it's my school even say it's great for certain things? And they they're very educated. Gen Z, they're so educated, you know. They they would be as well, like very um uh I would say they're not like um, out of control or something. They're very much researching what they take into their body and stuff. You know, it's super important. It's like an, if it has to be organic, it has to be this and that. So I think they're very responsible. You could call it yeah. even in that age already. So I think that's that shows me that the future of cannabis is a is has is very good, promising. Good hands.
2: I, I completely agree. And, and by the way, good hands. Exactly. For, for your wife, uh, I, I'm willing to offer a DNA test. Uh, that our company does. That way, we can go through the science of it. We can go through our personalized suggestions. I love that. And we can do something for her scientifically, medically, and then she can make a decision whether she wants to consume or not. That way, it's going to be a completely personalized experience. So, willing to do
3: that as well. Love it. No, let's let's hook up. We're definitely going to do that. I love it.
2: All right. So, yeah, I got you as well, for sure. We'll we'll, we'll do that (laughs) offline. So, I have a question on uh, handkerchiefs. Records and uh, I know Kimberly is like, oh, what are good. you talking about? Where did this come from? That's a good. And Colin good Hanks,
3: <laughs> can you yeah. can you give some so, insight on that? Yeah, super. So that's thanks for asking that. So so Colin, first of all, Colin is a is a is a brother from another mother as well, and he's part of this. He's part of this. He's a big rock fan, as you know. He's very close to the Eagle of Death Metal, and you know he did the documentary on on the on the uh, on, on the terrible event in Paris. Uh, with Josh and Jesse, Jesse um, Hughes. And, and uh, so he's basically part of the creative family and what he did recently not only in great act and even you have lunch with him, he looks like having a lunch with uh, Forrest Gump because he's so similar <laughs> to his dad. Time. So, so, but as well, like he, so he started a while ago, this, this, um, this bandana company, because he kind of, he always has a, he always has a Hank, a chief, like, like a, like a it's, I call it bandana. So in his pocket, he's fascinated by it. So he started his online, And all of his, all of his uh um, well, so, some of some of the some of the profits go to ve- veterans and, and so on, which is very much fitting, you know, like our but, but Pennsylvania. We have so many veterans, customers, Virginia the same, and so on. So I saw a natural fit to bring like some different thing into our into our stores because. Uh, it's it's retail has to change. Retail uh, cannabis retail has to change a little bit. Has to you have to have some other stuff than just bongs and, and rolling papers. And so we we tried this Colin together to bring a little bit fashion, a little bit cool into the store. So we launched in all our stores and we're the only stores with with brick and mortar stores who carry his hanks hanks kachieves. Yeah, hanks kerchiefs. <laughs> <it>. And the <laughs> hanks Kacheefs, Uh people love them. Lots of our staff wear them, and they of course in COVID was a go to like. The cool face mask it was good timing and it's just like a, a wonderful one of the first lifestyle collaborations like it's a li- little bit like a, I, I would love to see our dispensaries turn into like a place like uh fred c Sie- mini fred siegel or something you, know, you can like have like limited edition stuff which is not everywhere but here as long as it's cool and then when it's commercialized we don't have it anymore so that's kind of the concept of uh, of a fred siegel right so so i would love to see our dispensaries do that and the Hanks Kachiefs was the first attempt to do that. He's a great friend. He's I mean, obviously like a brilliant director and actor, and and we always hang out. And he's we he were so he was so proud to to be one of the first. I mean, the first outside cannabis genre like product in our stores. So that's how it all came together. Yeah. Right
2: I, 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 first of all, I, I want to commend you. I love that concept because <clears throat> so way back in the day. I was involved. We we had five dispensaries in Orange County. And one of the things that really be, became sort of the, the go-to, and they were all under the same brand called Kush Kingdom. And one mm. of the things oh, we nice. did was we started offering anybody, and this is like in the beginning where Facebook, social media was just starting. Uh, yeah. We said anybody that either has a picture uh, next to, um, some sort of famous place like uh, uh, Eiffel Tower or something like that wearing yeah. our merch or has a picture with a celebrity who's wearing our merch we will give you like Buy a free 8th a- or something of like that when you were that's able to do concept. that. Man, our thing. merch was uh, like 50% of our sales was from merch. Everybody was buying oh our, our hoodies and our, our shirts and our hats. And then uh, and I was talking to some of the cookies people and they were saying like their merch and I see kids from all over the place Wearing cookies merch. And I, I think exactly. it's, a, it's a great way to be able to get people to start experiencing cannabis or maybe like, oh, it's cannabis, but wait a second, but I'm wearing,
3: it's a shirt. Yeah, kind, of, kind of glide into it through that. And it, it's important to say that this, this again, the, uh, what, what, what Kimberly was saying, like there's so many compliance issues with that even they're just in California now from now on if you sell it in your store you have to put the license number of your business on the freaking (laughs) t-shirt visibly not inside outside so Uh. we make some fun out of it we (laughs) put it nicely as it looks like a logo now or something but but cookies uh, wisely have their own store for them. Exactly. so they like a separate store. So you can go there and experience it all as, as you wanted. So that's I think that a, was a great idea. Yeah, uh, always. But I, I love and, that uh, concept
2: of uh, you know high end and start incorporating fashion and some other things, yeah. than just no, like bongs and 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 papers and
3: yeah, exactly. And and we like you know you have Keith hearing bongs and like whatever. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> like and then you smoke them one time, then they all like go. Oily and they don't want to look them at them anymore. But, so, w- but,
2: so from uh, what's your uh, uh, what's the business goal going forward? Is it you mentioned international expansion? Is that is that sort of uh, the goal of Jushi and uh, where you guys? are? Um,
3: I, I think we, we really we really have to focus. We're very good at this at this at the East Coast, right? So because we, we we're very very we, we're, our retail is born in a medical market. For us, it's more the challenge the, the challenge now to get out of that and experience ourselves into recreational markets like Illinois, Massachusetts, California, Nevada, which we just expanded into uh, recently. So um, this is our next thing to become really good at, good at, for example, California, because I, I know when we, this, is the, this is the most competitive market as well, Nevada, similar, similar but California specifically, as you know, um, we want to become good at this. We use it as a lab and then expand that knowledge into the East Coast states. Internationally, I see we we had we had some involvement in some in some joint ventures in Europe. Uh, we were attempting to buy something or have bought something in Portugal, some fields. But I think uh, in cannabis, focus is key, and we will we will focus all our energy on the United States. Um, right. But that's our that's that's the goal, definitely for the next years. However, there can always be you know like there can always something can show up, and it's there's this there's this coincidence where it makes sense. But I think focus is everything. And and for us, it's learning in California and bringing that knowledge and that hipness slowly to our medical markets with responsibility and not upsetting anyone. Really be careful with our medical customers who definitely need it because of their health and not of recreational reasons. So you cannot just just roll over those guys. I cannot say it enough. It's such a, such a responsibility. We have own lines for them, for the medical cards always. And it's, it's so, it's so easy to forget that, you know, because you opened a store in, in Illinois. I remember when it switched to recreational for medical, as you have the lines, like for, for three blocks on and, and everybody's waiting. And then the medical customers show up and they, what they, I needed my medicine, I cannot wait now my my, my leg and, and so we always made sure they have lines for that and so this is a, there's enough expansion to do in america
2: <laughs> yeah not hundred <laughs> percent but I do feel that with what's going on in Germany and having a really true medical market for that, you guys may be pretty well positioned
3: uh to, yeah. to take Yeah, a, and then uh, of course i'm i'm a uh, i'm i know Germany obviously so and in, in Germany as you know you have you have to be german. To do something in Germany is so they're so um, not talk bad about the Germans, but the Germans are very German. As you know. <laughs> so I'm I kind of un-German. Yeah. So
1: what is that?
3: Exactly. They like the oh my god, it's 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 complicated. If it's I always say if Virginia is complicated in terms of like regs and stuff, and we're just launching Virginia. You know, Virginia. I don't know if you know, but. They've taken away the medical card in Virginia on 1st of July. Hooray, hooray. And people can actually just go to the doctor and get a prescription and don't have to show a medical card. Big game changer. So in Germany, that would be... <laughs> Germany is Virginia times 500 yeah. in complexity because they're so conservative. And so, I mean, I think it's going to take a while, to be honest. But you never know. There might be something happen which everybody turns over, of course. But I don't think so. I don't think so. It's, it's too conservative. But if it's open, I'm, I'm obviously, really looking, I'm, I'm always looking and, and, and have a lot of connections there and stuff. But I, I tell you, focus is everything in this. Uh, with uh, Like with everything. Yeah. It can be easily distracted. Easily to
2: with shiny, you know, new objects all the time. Oh, totally. Especially.
3: Totally, totally. So COVID, COVID has shown us, sorry to so interrupt you, COVID showed me just do one thing, focus on it, focus, focus, focus. Don't get distracted. Even I get distracted now with so many things from the outside world and this and that, you know, like you yeah. have to make sure you keep the focus. So Germany is the last thing I need in my person. <laughs> Got it. All
2: right. So I have a few questions uh, that we'll, we'll end with that uh, I ask all my guests. Uh, so uh, just want to get you prepared and ready for them um, so we can take a beat. Kimberly's laughing at me because I always do the same thing, but I didn't say they're really complicated this time. uh, Right. So I'm getting better.
3: Uh, (laughs) All right. So
2: please describe your first experience with cannabis.
3: Oh my God. How long do we have? As
2: long as you want, man.
3: Okay, good, good. So, so it's, 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 it's a, it's a fun story. So I, I, I kind of, when I, when I lived in the forest, I said, I was in the forest and then I, I found like a neighbor who had this little guest house. Uh, and he rented it to me when I was like 18 or something. And I had my kind of little gang there, and I was happy to be not always in my parents' house. And lots of bad stuff happened there, you can imagine. So, so one of the bad things happened. There's this this friends of mine that showed up with. They were a little bit, little bit older. They showed up with some, some, some blocks of hash, and this came from Morocco. This was blocks like. Bricks of it, right? And they heated up a knife and they cut it off, and then they packaged it up and then they sold it. Of course, like, <laughs> this is like how much money did they made out of one of those blocks in Germany? Can you imagine in the in the in the eighties or whatever? So, um, so this is where I first time tried like a spliff, which is obviously like tobacco, and then they sprinkled the hash in, and then I smoked it, and I got it. Must have been an indica. Of course, nobody knew it's indica hybrid or whatever. There's nothing like that said. So just smoke a tray. So I smoked it and I got so tired, uh, like sitting on my sofa and I passed literally in the couch and, and that was it. And it was my dog and this, and I never then think, okay, that stuff is not for me. It makes me too tired. And then I never touched it again. But the funny story is where this stuff come from. They smuggled it from Morocco and they had this thing. So these guys were like, they bought old Ferraris and they, they hired some really like, it's like this, 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 very good-looking women driving, driving down this convertible Ferraris all the way from Spain, where the Ferrari got loaded with hash in the tank. Imagine, and they're driving this all the way to Germany, <laughs> through all the borders. You know there was borders then. It's not European yeah, 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 for sure. It's like every Spain is a border, or Austria is a border, Switzerland a border, Italy. Is a border. So they're driving it through, and this is where it landed in my little little back house there in the forest so that's how, it, how it's it a brilliant
2: it. idea <laughs> who's going to pull over you know hot women in the in ferraris oh you my god Can you it. It.
3: It's a movie <laughs> it's a I movie i only wasn't aware how this came from morocco over the water it must have been smuggled with some boats and like in like you know like cuban style like with some powerboat or something oh, but uh love, super fancy so I that was that. the first
2: experience that's great um, so being a big music guy myself, and you obviously are, yeah. you remember what the first concert you ever attended was?
3: Oh, that's a good question. Um, the first concert. That's so interesting. You are saying that it's like, you know, it might be, it might be a, uh, it might be actually because my my parents were totally into jazz. They were into Miles Davis and Dexter Gordon, John Coltrane, all that. And I think they they took me to a, to a a Miles Davis concert or something in like some little club in, in Munich. It's called the Domicile. It was called a domicile. And it was a famous jazz club, one of the famous jazz clubs in, in, in Europe that time. So I went to see uh, Miles Davis. I think that was the first. It was a very small venue. I remember that. Like, it's crazy. That's super so, cool. Uh, what was the last concert you attended? Oh, the last concert was uh, just on Saturday. It was actually, it was not a concert. It was exactly, oh, I, I love to mention like Rio Hackford, the... The, the husband of, of Libby who who sang the song, Run. Uh, and it was in on Saturday with Josh was Josh was playing with uh, Troy and, and Nikki Lane, the country artist, and, and Matt Helders from Arctic Monkeys. We had a small get together and they were playing three or four songs for Rio. And there was like thousand people and all the friends. It was it was amazing. That was like on Saturday. So that's, that's so that was my last that's amazing concert.
2: I, I have another music question for you. What was the first album you actually bought? If do you
3: remember? Oh, that's 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 super super. The, the first album I bought, I totally it was ACDC. Which high rate high high Yeah, exactly. That was. I mean, this is the this fascinated me as well visually from the the cover, right? I mean, those covers of those vinyls. They were like. Oh my God! This is this is I'm, was so important, I'm right? I'm a the big vinyl guy.
2: Yeah, vinyls. Yeah. Oh my
3: God, vinyls, it for sure. Um, you know, and the, the, the Queens of Estonia—they still sell. It's one of the biggest vinyl-selling bands because we put so much effort into the into the artwork, right? There's all like little art books. It's it's, it's amazing. amazing. Most of v- the people they don't even play the, the vinyls; they just have the album, right? As a okay, I have it now.
2: <laughs> you know, there was there was a time where so I used to be a music buyer for Tower Records way back in Mm -hmm. the day. So I collected a bunch of vinyl and then all of a sudden it went away and vinyl wasn't anywhere. So I would go to like flea markets and swap meets and I would buy for 50 cents I would buy these albums. Now you go to a swap meet you're buying the same album that I bought for a dollar for 20, 30, 40. So it's back in and uh, I'm trying to uh, like the the new generation, are they actually listening to the albums or buying it because they think it's going to be, I think they're just personal? buying
3: it and then they're listening on Spotify. Exactly. I mean, you have to <laughs> want to have it. You want to have it and feel it. And you want to look, take the, the record out, but you don't want to mess it up. So you put back in yeah, and
2: all that. I think you're right. I think you're absolutely right. <clears throat> okay. So what has cannabis meant in your life?
3: Okay. That's a great, that's a, thanks for asking that because for me really is like, since I'm consuming cannabis, I feel it. So I'm kind of consider myself like this kind of very energetic, hustling, everything, like doing 15, 15 things at the same time. And I'll always like have five things going the same time and so on. So as soon as I got into cannabis, at least in the hours where I consume, it gives me this kind of, it puts me in a state of non desperation. I could call it right. It's like, finally I sit there. It's nearly like meditation. I sit there and let things happen and I think and I can read better you know I'm a very for me it's very hard to read because I, I don't want to read emails longer than like three sentences and and then I read only the, I start them from from the from the end and if it's all good I'm not even reading the rest so so for me it is just open up a whole new like being being conscious about life asking what's important what's not important just focusing on some important stuff and, and not and, and not being too Desperate anymore, like really sitting there and let things happen and trusting that good stuff will happen if you project good stuff. This is kind of what, what it puts me into, and I, it's been so wonderful. I mean, it, it's changed everything for me, really. Like, uh, and I only consume it in the evening because I couldn't take it during the day, you know, like it would make me too. Uh, uh okay, what did you just ask? So, so I it changed my life literally. So, like, it sounds cheesy, but it's it's really like. I sleep like a baby, you know, when I took the, take those gummies, like those wild gummies or something. I feel like I I was falling, falling asleep. Like when I was like seven years old in my, my parents' house in Switzerland and you go to bed after long days of boating or of swimming in the lake or something. And you're so nicely tired. You lie down and you fall. This is this kind of what I've never felt again. And now, I've, Oh, wow. It's so nice to go to sleep. And, And really, the most important thing, as I said, is take that desperation out, take that take that noise away, and just chill and 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 focus on one thing. Sometimes I do photos. I do like really can focus on some creative work as well. Like if it's the right strain, some things are more tiring. But if you hit the right stuff, it's like oh my god, let's do some do some do some Photoshop stuff here. Like you can look some pictures, and it's like it's amazing. So. Changed my life absolutely, and I would recommend it to anyone. Uh, it, and then took as well. By the way, the first joint I smoked, I had for five years, I had like this lower back pain thing. It must have been a nerve, and nobody. Of course, the doctors want to give you painkillers and this. I never took anything. And the first joint I smoked for my friend, the next day it was gone. It was gone forever. Yeah. Never got it again. It's amazing. Yeah. Even if I don't smoke, I go to Europe for two weeks. It doesn't come back. It's like it was must have been something. Re- released like some relaxed and the nerve yep. is not pushing on the muscle or whatever. Like it's just something simple was solved here. Uh, yeah. Amazing. <clears throat> yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a great description. I,
2: I sort of consume it the same way, usually only in the evenings. And, and I understand there's so many things going on in my head that one consuming cannabis, it allows me that meditative state that you talked about. Yeah, I, I, exactly. feel, I feel the same, same way. It's, ca- it's a really calming effect on me. Otherwise, there's but it's
3: hard to socialize for me, really. I had to train myself. First, I took it always alone in COVID, right? Then I started to meet friends and I then had to trust the other person really to do it together. And now I'm at the, at the place where I can actually go in public and consume because I know how my body, I know how far I can go and stuff. So it was a really training phase to be able to actually function in public. And I think for all the new, the new people who come to cannabis it's really important that they take their time and they really experience slowly, slowly, and not being oh, talk too much, and then you're never going to take it again because you think, oh, that's terrible. Like,
2: well, I took too much
3: well, we'll specifically just, with the edibles, right? Yeah,
2: we'll just do a DNA test on everybody and make sure they have a personalized experience, especially with edibles. You're absolutely right because some people, it's it's the THC and it's what type of metabolites you are. So if you're taking a lot of THC and you're a poor metabolizer and you're also prone to things like stress reactivity or have anxiety predispositions, it'll trigger that. Threefold, and somebody can say, "Oh no, I can't consume cannabis because it makes me really anxious." First of all, what type of cannabis? How are you consuming, and how much are you consuming? So all those things that's play right. a role.
3: No, and, then, yeah. oh. that's and a what thing. you've eaten, what people are around with, where you are, what well, how are you in a in a little little closed off. Room, or are you in that like, Joshua tree looking at the stars yeah. and stuff? I mean, it's like it's all has its exactly. you got to experience it all slowly but surely,
2: right? 100%. All right, so I have a final bonus question to you qualified uh, for me to ask.
3: Oh, thank you.
2: Please describe what your room looked like growing up.
3: Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> so, my room, my room, I, I'm a, I'm a, so my room was first of all in the first floor of the house, and no, and, and, and um, and I was always alone up there. So so I love to be alone up there, being not disturbed. I was very particular about all my things. So I'm like, I'm the guy who has everything like lined up and like people go in my room and mess, just pick up something. It wasn't, it wasn't. So describing it was uh, art, art all over the place and rooms. Some, some of the Beatles, some of the ACDCs, you know, like the, 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 the posters early, a little bit left over. Maybe I remember like a Mickey Mouse being a being Mickey Mouse fan. As well, so there was a lot of books I've never read, but I had to have them. (laughs) It's like you know, I have I'm like hoarding books. So I had a shelf in one place. There was like maybe hundred books, but I think only three of them I ever read because I just love to look at the books. So I was, I can have that book. Always I love the cover. So very visual person, right? When I love the cover, I have to have the book. I never read the book, so and 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 really like as i said in the middle of the forest outside the windows like it was just trees and and, and calm so super boring uh for like for like a teenager so basically uh, a very orderly orderly place where i don't like any intruders at all at all times, and if somebody came in, my friends even I didn't want to invite them because they're messing with my stuff. I you know they would pick out a book and look at it. Can you just put that book back? <laughs> like, I got you. I got you. <laughs> so I rather went to their friends and visited them than have them with them around me. So I was very kind of nerdy, nerdy, and super shy person as well. I I I'm a su- was super super shy kid uh, growing up in this in in this middle of nowhere specifically. That was the reasoning. Hmm. <laughs>
2: Well, Dre, I want to thank you so much for your time. Where can people find out more uh, contact you or Jushi? What, what would you like to
3: share as, as my, my, my Instagram, uh, if you want to follow the music stuff is like at Neumann vision Neumann, in this case with one N at Neumann vision. Um, my, my website for my photography is Andreas Neumann art.com. And, um, of course, Jushi, uh, Jushico.com. Check out, like, I mean, all our, we have uh, the, my, my section is the brand section. So you have like uh, lots of films on there, talk about the industry. There's lots of interviews with as well. Very cool with Jim, our CEO, who's like tons of advice about investing into cannabis, not beyond actually, beyond uh, Jushi, uh, investing in the industry, learning about the brands and so on. This is Jushico.com. So Jushico.com. And and that's that's the main really the main thing of my life. I mean Jushi is, is, is my focus at the moment. But
0: thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. I'm
1: Joyce Gerber, the creator and host of the award-winning podcast, The Canna Mom Show.